ormai che manovra chiamo I am Carlo Guadagnino. We're here with another episode of Dingo Talk. Uh, today I'm going to have Megan Jolbert, uh, the Director of Student Athlete Success here at Bethany College. So she, you know, from Auburn, uh, where she got her bachelor's. She's going to tell us about, you know, growing up in Alabama, and a little, little bit about Alabama, uh, her trip to Tennessee, and then how she got to Bethany. So without further ado... Enjoy, Chuckleheads. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. I'm here with Megan Jolbert, the Director of Student Athlete Success. Very nice. Uh, yes, very right. nice. You are two for two. We're, my writing is not very good, so. But uh, this is Dingo Talk. We're going we're gonna to sit down, and we're going to go from, uh, from Alabama to Tennessee to Bethany. I think is did I miss anything in that? There's yeah. some maybe some things in the middle, or those are the major ones. All right, so out in Alabama, let's talk about. I guess it would have been the spring of 2009. Uh, making the decision between so an Alabama person, I gotta ask you, Alabama Auburn. Uh, War Eagle, 100%. Yep, uh, but but I did start out. So I was um, I I lived up north in uh, Chicago for mm -hmm. a few years. And when we moved down to Alabama, this was like, had to have been fifth or sixth grade. Um, hey, uh, the, one of the first questions I was asked was, was I an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan? At that point, I said I was an Alabama fan. Until I got to, I even went to college being an Alabama fan until the Iron Bowl of my freshman year. And at that point, couldn't do it anymore. So, so at one point, at I, one point, I was, an, I was a, you know, iffy Alabama fan. I don't know if that helps me on the fan base here or if I'm going to get a lot of people <laughs> like, what do you mean she was an Alabama fan, now she's an Auburn fan? Or? No, 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 now I hate Alabama. Well, make sure you clarify that. Yeah. You have to answer the question, <laughs> not me. Um, all right, so you end up at Auburn. You get your bachelor's in science and psychology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, did you go to Auburn to play a sport? Did you go as just a regular student? or? Uh, so I went as a regular student. Um, I got there and in my first semester, um, started working with the men's basketball team. Um, Cause I knew I wanted to work in athletics, right? Um, at least at that point in time. So, so worked within the athletic department for several years um, and then some with the athletic director as well. So you get through mm -hmm. Auburn, you're the, like you said, you're the admin assistant to the men's basketball mm -hmm. team. You're the athletic department you're in the athletic department, but you're the admin assistant to the athletic director. Right? You, tried, you tried to like just gloss over that as if you weren't like yeah, at the it top. Really, that's, it that's, really still that that's still the SEC. Like, yeah, I can imagine there's a lot of things going on in that athletic yeah. I imagine there's a lot of things going on in the Bethany Athletic Department. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not at the same level as, you know, what's coming through the Auburn Athletic Department, yeah. but just yeah. based on size. Yeah, it, it, so it sounds a little bit better than it was. <laughs> Um, went, so I was, um, before graduating, I was working with the men's basketball team, but I had to be a student mm -hmm. while doing so. Um, and so when I graduated in December of 2012, did not start grad school until the following August. And so, you know, I needed something to do and they recommended me. And so I ended up working in the athletic director's office. But I mean, I was doing behind the scenes stuff, you know, anything from helping with donor presents to, um, 
you know, running stats for the entire SEC and trying to pull that stuff together. Oh, uh, you know, just, just not not very important. <laughs> just pulling stats for the whole SEC. Yeah, well, look, we needed to know, you know, how many championships every school had, had in every sport. It was it was a lot of um, not glorified work, but it was cool. It was a good experience, um, and and I and I made a lot of really great contacts and and kind of got a little bit of an understanding of the administration <laughs> side and like the. And, so, from, and from an athletic department standpoint versus just a team, because that's a little different, right? I have to pause, and everybody that watches normally is going to laugh, because I, once again, normally I point out that I was going to forget, but I just blatantly forgot. So here's your tea. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We, we eventually get to, I, I looked down, was wondering what it was, and then realized that's a whole part of the intro that was supposed to happen, but we're, we're, it's, every show is unique. I'm, I'm a fan of mistakes. So we we leave Auburn and we end up at you take the there's a year off in between there. No, so I so I was with um with them for about six months and then uh, started in August. So it was about a little bit of six months probably off, um, not in school technically. And then you're at Tennessee and you were the GA to the men's golf program. Yes, yeah. So I got there um and and at first. Um, there weren't any, you know, graduate assistant positions open at the time, um, but I, but I knew I wanted to find something, right? Um, and it was probably about had to have been a couple months in. Um, the the former person in that position left, and so there was a vacancy. So I reached out. And I was like, hey, you know, I really <laughs> love the opportunity. You know, slap it on, let's go. Um, and that's that's kind of how that worked out. Mm-hmm. So, you're, but you're only, I'm guessing, one season with the golf team. Mm-hmm. And Basically. then you end up mm-hmm. as Basically a, like a year and a half, head, roughly. Mm-hmm. Head coach, assistant basketball coach at Sacred Heart. Yes, yeah. So, um, in grad school, I kind of took on a little bit more, you know, than, than I probably should have. <laughs> I kind of ran myself into the ground. Um, but it was, it was take every opportunity you can, right? Um, so, about probably about six months of me being there um I you know I really wanted to coach and I had coached like you know young basketball young boys basketball mm-hmm. for a while um family wise that kind of thing and so I reached out there was an opening we had someone else in the department um had coached the softball team so their athletic director reached out and said you know is anybody interested and I, so I, I said I reached out of course out. I'll, I'll jump on that are you kidding me absolutely and so when I got there and started doing that um I then started helping with basketball as well. So it was, a, it was a really good experience. Now, between how long are you at Sacred Heart? Because you're still you're still a grad student mm-hmm. at that point. So <laughs> roughly a little over a year. Um, so two seasons with one team, one season with another. Okay. The, so the my grad program was was roughly two years. So I got to ask you from anybody on that on the the softball as the mm-hmm. head coach. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that sticks out? Any funny stories from that? As a mm, so for my for my team, so <laughs> so we they were not the most talented team um, when when I first got there. Even even when I left, right? You know that they they had had not had a ton of success, um, honestly, in a few years, um, at least for a while that I was aware of, and so. <laughs> I'll never forget the, one of the first practices I got there. Um, but I'm, I'm big on we're going to do all aspects, right? Mm-hmm. We're not going to just get out there and play the game. No. We're going to we're going to focus on mental. Um, we're going to focus on conditioning. We're going to focus on strength. All of the above. Um, and the first day that I had them do you know true conditioning, 
Oh, they were pissed. Oh, I would they were they angry. Were. They were not happy with me. Um, and in fact, you know, we we had a better practice that day. Um, well, but yeah. they didn't care. No. Because I mean, at that point, you know, they had not been used to that kind of lifestyle. Um, and so that was pretty, at the time, I can look back at it now and say, okay, that was funny. At the time, it was it was frustrating. It was very because <laughs> you're changing you're changing a culture. The, exactly, absolutely, and it wasn't that it wasn't that they were bad. It, it just wasn't what they were used to, right? Yeah. So it was trying to get figure out how to get them bought into it and understand that okay, this is a part of what I do every day. This is not I'm not going to just get out here on the field and, and just, magically play with. Yeah, you're not going to flip the switch. <laughs> no, no. So you finish up at Tennessee, <laughs> and you take a break or do you go right into being a mental skills consultant because I had to make sure I, got I, I, I was impressed I, was impressed. Was, I didn't get it when I asked yeah. you about it earlier so yeah. I had yeah. to make sure yeah so um I finished up in May um in with my master's in sports psychology and motor behavior um and at that time that was at a time when sports psychology was a little sexy right and there weren't a ton of positions open, but it was starting to become bigger. That was when you'd start to see NBA players talking about mental health or working with a sports psychologist, right? Um, and so, so there weren't a lot of opportunities that were available right when I graduated, um, and most were gonna become available in the next couple months. So I went, I actually moved back home um, and, and was looking, right, for okay, what's gonna be the next move? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and couldn't find anything at first. And, and was planning on waiting and possibly even pursuing my PhD. Um, and then I saw, so we had a Facebook page, a Facebook group, um, our entire program. Mm-hmm. Um, so grads from the, that entire program. And um, the mine side, which is where I worked, uh, they posted a position. And I'd, I mean, it, it was probably a month before. Um, and, and so I just reached out and basically said, you know, you own your own private practice. Um, I'd love to talk to you at some point because this is uncommon, yeah. right? To be successful in sports psychology, owning your own private practice. It's just, at that point in time, it was not something that people did and had a team well, cause and it wasn't, money off of. Well, it wasn't something anybody talked about. Like, right. Athletes were, like, like a, I can remember, Steve you know, Kellen Winslow or, to, <laughs> let's go, Chad Johnson, Terrell <laughs> Owens, yep. where they might not have had the best game. <laughs> or maybe they felt they had a better game, but there were some people around them that didn't. Yep. I remember the Kellen Winslow. I'm going. I'm a, I'm a soldier, and etc. What did you expect him to say? Mm-hmm. This is a guy whose job is to make sure that one, he blocks the guy in front of him, but he also is responsible as being a guy from the U. And of course, there's a whole stigma that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Terrell Owens is the guy. You know, again, I think I was just watching something a couple of days ago mm-hmm. about the. Uh, when he does the the workout in his yeah, driveway, yeah, and yeah. they're just baiting him with questions, and it's if you're a coach, are you really that upset about like, like if we had thought about like mental health back then, was he really doing anything detrimental to the team? He was working out in his driveway. I've seen other athletes that professionals that maybe we should have talked to them about there. And Ray Rice is the one first one literally just popped in my head. Of course, that situation never happens. If there is other outlets for Ray and resources, right? So I mean, at that time, and even now, so so when you're looking at it now, you've got MLB teams who have you know someone who's licensed mm-hmm. works works with um, for mental health, right? And then you've also got um, multiple 
mental performance coaches or mental skills consultants, whatever, whatever term you want to use, right? That work on the mental game, right? Mental performance instead of the actual mental mm -hmm. side. Um, when you look at the NBA, you've got, you know, a decent amount of sports psychologists, whether they work individually with players, um, whether they work with teams. teams. Exactly. Posi um, they, even maybe position. Yes, yeah. And even um, even at the at the collegiate level, um, it's it's kind of trickled down. Um, so so they'll have most try to most athletic departments try to get someone who can do who can be both a clinician, um, but also work on the mental performance side mm -hmm. of things, so they can get more bang for their bucks. But there are some who have multiple people there on campus. So, but at that time, I mean, it was just really breaking into that. Well, and now we're talking you talk a year ago, mm -hmm. we saw the meltdown of Antonio Brown, where mm -hmm. it, it's obvious that there was. Whether it was the concussion from Burfick or just the 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 sport that he's playing and the continuous damage that that comes with that, just finally pushed him over the top. I mean, what we know is that there are so many things, more things that go into you can't compartmentalize mm -hmm. um, everything. There are so many more things that go into performance on the field, on the court, you know, wherever we are, right? Um, and into the mentality that you bring um, and your overall well-being, right, to a sport rather than just what what, what are we going to do out there physically. There's so many other things that come into that. Well, here, he Coach Garvey, he's mm -hmm. got the leave it up, leave it, leave it, before you step on the field, leave it all there. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. it's one of the, I think it's one of the core traditions that the, the, mm -hmm. that program specifically, but Bethany as a whole, mm -hmm. the, it's kind of like the um, KASB, -K I think. Mm -hmm. used to be simple? No, there was a kick-ass bison softball. It was, there oh, used oh, to be there. Yeah. used to be their phrase. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I, I, we didn't get to see softball this year, so right. <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into right. that, right. obviously. But uh, there's just a lot of things that – there's a lot of cool traditions, and they're all, I think, a, a way – one for a player to okay, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what's going on mm -hmm. outside of here. Yeah, we're yeah. just gonna go. Yeah, absolutely. And and that they're you know throw it in, throw it away. You know throw it in a trash can. Mm -hmm. kind of All of those ideas that you have so many other things that are going on in life, and those are valuable and important. Um, but how can you now take that and what you need to do on the field or court wherever we are, right? Step on and and actually be able to hone in your focus, mm -hmm. right? And, and that takes training. <laughs> so you're there, you're with? The mind side. The mm -hmm. mind side mm -hmm. for? Almost four years. Mm -hmm. And uh, over that you've worked, I'm assuming with Division One, Division Two, mm -hmm. pro professional mm -hmm. athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the youngest, um, the youngest athlete that I worked with there was eight years old um, okay. at the time. And then the oldest, 60s, early, or upper 50s, lower 60s, somewhere around there, um, you know, helps helps um, athletes get recruited, right? Division one, division two, division three, um, JUCOs, you know, across the board. Worked with collegiate um, athletes and teams, um, some professional as well, uh, a lot of golfers mm -hmm. as well. Um, but but tons mental, of different. Big mental. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where it was born, right? That's where sports psychology was born because it's, it's you in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. There's no, there's no, well, I, they, they didn't play well. I right. Mean, you didn't. Right, well. right. Now they may, they may have played really well. Yeah. 
And then, then that's then, even tougher. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. Like if you're talking about Tiger Woods and he, he shoots an 18 under and yeah. Phil goes out there and shoots a 20, I bet you Tiger's probably mm -hmm. not even the best. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, so you're there for four years. Mm -hmm. You work with a wide range. Uh, what is the process of now you're going to come to Brook County, West Virginia here? Right, right. Here in the hills. So I'll say, so I, I loved the work that I did at the mine side. I loved focusing on mental performance, right? So I, my days were never the same. So I could be in the morning working with individual athletes coming in the office, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the afternoons be at practice or going to teach a workshop, um, do coaching development, which is a big passion of mine, all of those things. And it would be, it would vary every single day. Um, but the one thing that I was missing was when you work with so many from different um, organizations, different teams, whatever, you don't get the full picture. Mm -hmm. um, you, so I wanted to work within an organization. Um, and then I also wanted to do more overall player development. Um, so not just the mental performance. Because they come in they come in my office and and there's so many, like I said before, there's so many other things that impact their mm -hmm. actual performance in a game. Or it could, in, be, in could be a rough day on a test, it could be just they're they're a little homesick. There's a lot of things that go into the Absolutely. homesick thing I would imagine. Oh, oh yeah, well here that definitely happens. Yeah, yeah. So so at that time, you know, I knew I wanted to make a transition. Um, but I really wasn't sure where, um, whether it was collegiately um, or, or working with a professional team. Um, but I didn't want to be in just the private sector anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started looking at different positions. And, and honestly, I mean, when I saw the Bethany position, um, I liked the fact that it was developing a program, right? That was a huge suffering. Um, but the biggest thing that, that got me excited was them talking about um, in the job description the diverse student population here on campus. Um, and so that was a huge draw for me. So I, I applied, you know, honestly, not really. And so that's, because you said that this is, this is going on a year. Mm -hmm. So a this year is August. last August, well, last August you get the job, so. Yeah, it would have, so it would have been last, um, I think I applied in maybe May. And that's where we'll yeah. stop for it. <laughs> See, so, I had, to get, I had to figure out how I was gonna get to yeah. where I was gonna drop, but, uh, my friend Karen Dunn, an alumni from Bethany College, he has his own company, Maple Shades Outdoors. Um, if you get a chance, check him out on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, I'm going to let him finish out this part. We'll be back with Megan for part two to hear about how she got to Bethany between May and August and uh, kind of what's going on here, plans as the corona and everything else is going on. But uh, go ahead, KJ. What's going on, everybody? This is Kieran Dunn, founder of Maple Shade Outdoors. You're currently watching Dingo Talk with my man, Carlo. If you're anything like me and you're really enjoying this content, you should like and subscribe his page. You, while you're on YouTube, you should probably just head over and like and subscribe Maple Shade Outdoors. Check out our page, enjoy some videos, some outdoor content. You might as well hop on Instagram, Facebook, follow us, Maple Shade Outdoors. Now that's enough about me. I'm trying to get back and watch the rest of Dingo Talk, so I'll talk to y'all later.